Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Accelerator. My name is Michael Conniff. I'll be your host. Um, this is a podcast devoted to startups, founders, entrepreneurs, uh, innovative people in the world, and also the VCs, investors, family offices, accelerators, incubators that serve them. Um, we're on all the major platforms, um, including Apple. That's a good one. Adobe, Audible, and others that don't start with A, and also on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe and like us if you like us and um, uh, keep listening. We really appreciate that. Today, we are uh, joined by Ben Labra. He's the CEO and co-founder of uh, Gesture. Gesture is a social gifting platform, which we'll explain in just a moment. Uh, welcome, Ben. Great to have you on the Accelerator. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we uh, met at a, an Expert Dojo event at the Lipstick Building in New York, which is uh, sounds more glamorous than it actually is, but, <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun, um, a lot of great founders. It's really impressive what um, Dojo and Brian McMahon have, have done um, and their focus on growth. So I think we have to start by by explaining what a social gifting platform is. And I'll, I'll use your slogan, which is, which I love actually, which is uh, happiness delivered. So um, um, tell us a little bit about what it is first, if you don't mind, and then we'll get into kind of how, how the idea evolved. Sure, sure. So, so gesture is um, sort of almost a, a, a full blown e-commerce uh, shopping application that combines logistics into that. So sort of the delivery process. And it's mainly focused around gifting um, in all sorts of different uh, aspects, I guess, you know, so we, we, you can send flowers, wine, champagne, cigars, uh, different types of, you know, specialty uh, spirits and those sort of things. But uh, the cool thing about gesture is you don't need any sort of recipient address at all. You can, you know, pretty much send anybody anything with just the info that you have, whether it's a phone number or an email and, and if you don't have that, you can essentially jump onto any social media platform and, and uh, gift them right through their their DM platform. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, logistics actually is important because you you own your logistics network, which is essentially the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know the software, the infrastructure, and the delivery. Um, the people you call G runners, and I think you've got close to a thousand of those out there already. So. Um, um, why is it so important to own and control your own logistics platform? Yeah. So, so in the world of e-commerce, you know, everybody with the exception of Amazon, you know, sort of relies on, you know, just sort of second, third party delivery um, processes. And, you know, before gesture came along, you know, if you were to sense, you know, go online, pick some flowers, send it, you were sort of at the mercy of just, kind of the abyss, you know, kind of black space out there. And, you know, some, <laughs> we have this joke that sometimes people's flowers or their bottle of wine is still orbiting uh, the moon at times and, and in space. And so with logistics, where, where did it go? Right. yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, where is it? And so by, by really controlling both the consumer, you know, the application um, and then the driver app is, as we like to call it the same way Uber has theirs, you have almost uh, you provide the, the customer a full sense of transparency and, you know, and also the control is better. 
and um, the experience is better. And we can deliver things almost in as little as 30 minutes sometimes. Um, so it's super fast, last mile delivery uh, because we own that logistics piece. And I think you're in um, 150 cities now. Is that right? Yeah. So we essentially can deliver pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Um, some we have runners that will essentially do it that, you know, are basically prepared to uh, to receive those orders and, and fulfill them. And then in some of the smaller places, like if you were to order just kind of in the middle of nowhere, Alaska or Texas, uh, we would essentially have to work with either, you know, maybe a third party or a ship uh, option. But we can but pretty much... Uh... You're set up to do that, though, it sounds like. You're set up. Yeah, to yeah. We've, we've delivered to the smallest part in Puerto Rico, actually, and uh, it was successful. So, Wow. It mm. sounds like this This sounds really difficult. So is, is, is it as difficult as it sounds? You know, I, I, <laughs> I would say <laughs> when... Uh, when we were asked, probably, but I've got to ask. Oh, you. no, it's so funny because it's when we first started to create gesture, you know, it was shopping, gifting, you know, super sort of just a kind of a frictionless process. And then one day I sort of like went to sleep and woke up and I'm like, we're a, we're a full blown logistics company. I mean, holy cow, you know, like we we own the logistics piece and I'm just like, where, where did that happen? And it's one of those things where it's kind of like the accidental sort of entrepreneur sort of story where you kind of just fall into that process. And yeah, it, it is difficult. It's uh, it's a lot more than what we essentially signed up for, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing great so far. Well, well um, um, so what are the, what are the implications of, of owning the logistics? It's so, so this is the famous or infamous uh, infamous last last mile of delivery, I guess you could call it, um, the, 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 the part that's the hardest um, for many companies. Um, of course, Amazon delivers like this, the Postal Service, FedEx, U UPS, DHL, and so on. But what are the implications um, for you? I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but beyond gifting, it seems like if you have this ability to deliver just about anything, um, that you could become, you know, the uh, part of a very important part of a fulfillment strategy for another player that might be unrelated to gifting. Is that is that something that you think about? Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely. And and we we've sort of in the last, you know, almost almost honestly, probably the past month, we've almost started pivoting and shifting our model a little bit to just becoming more of a like as I mentioned at the very beginning, a full sort of um, full sort of scale shopping application versus gifting uh, and just gifting where, you know, we almost are moving towards a marketplace type of um, sort of business model uh, where we can sell other people's products on the app itself versus just the products that we think. Um, so that's, that's one element. And then, you know, another, another piece is yes, it's, we have ultimately, utilized and monetized our logistics software in lots of different ways where, you know, we, we sort of are not, you know, just um, kind of being a fulfillment partner for, you know, as a backup to Amazon and things like that. We've actually monetized our logistics piece in a much different way where we've made it easy for brands. Like let's just say, you know, a tequila brand, for instance, um, that we're essentially working with currently, um, you know, they're a little bit newer, uh, and we've given them sort of an outlet 
to get the product, their actual tangible physical product into people's hands, uh, utilizing the data that we have, um, but also, you know, our logistics software. And so, you know, b besides being sort of like, as mentioned, that fulfillment partner, we've just you know, found different ways on how to use our logistics software so many different ways. Um, that make it fun, engaging, and and um, profitable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so so there's there's a lot of different things that we're essentially doing at the moment that um, really does rely around um, our logistics piece, which which is one of the reasons why we just launched um, the newest version about about a week ago, which was the the most updated version. It's super cool, but yeah, it's uh, it's really robust and um, and and uh, advanced. Mm -hmm. That that's exciting, um, Ben. Um, I I. You've probably heard of this company, Amazon. Yeah, small, small little um, you know, shopping app. I, I, think. I don't know if you know this, but uh, um, they started just selling books. Books, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they had the idea they could do. Maybe they had the, maybe Jeff Bezos had the idea, but it certainly, you know, to me, it kind of becomes, uh, puts gesture your company in in a position to be the tail that wags the dog a little bit um mm -hmm. to be an important piece of lots of things but let me talk about one let me ask about one other thing you mentioned which is you said you only need a phone number or an email in other words you it's you do not need to invade a person's privacy get their credit card number, get all kinds of stuff. Now, how do you do that? How do you make do with just these little, you know, with just an email or just a phone number? Yeah, absolutely. So during the pandemic, we were, I, I guess the way that I, I put it is we we were just another uh, sort of uh, flower, uh, alcohol delivery type of application wrapped in a different type of skin. There was really nothing unique or special, I think, other than just it was a cool experience, maybe a different UI. And then during the pandemic is really where we started talking to customers and we started really understanding customers' needs. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, especially on the business, because we service both consumer to consumer and B2B uh, enterprise as well. And so, you know, we, we started to notice that people obviously had to, to go home and work from home and just work in areas that were essentially personal to themselves. And so <clears throat> when people wanted to, you know, especially during the pandemic when they, they wanted to just, you know, let them know, hey, I'm still here, you know, uh, thinking about you. Um, it was weird for someone to call another person and go, hey, I know you're not at work anymore. Um, what's your uh, what's your home address? And people were kind of like, that's that's really weird, especially if they were business relationships. Um, it's just not something that people wanted to give out. And so mm -hmm. um, and, and we're not the first you know, company that ever uh, sort of or that, that essentially invented this process. We've just we've done it 10 times better than anyone else. And so with that, you know, uh, in mind, we, we kind of took this sort of um, these pieces that, you know, we knew that people typically had was sometimes just a phone number or an email or something that you can find in an email signature almost for anyone. It doesn't matter if it's personal or business. And we said, how do we get this across using, you know, how do we let someone know that, Hey, I have a tangible gift for you. Um, and really give the recipient as much control as the sender or even more control. And mm. so we, we essentially invented something called smart send and, you know, put it into use and, you know, the, the rest is history. And, and that's basically how we were able to do that. And then sort of one really quick add on to that. Um, my co-founder, Daniel, he, uh, it was about three in the morning one day and 
and he come or one night he comes in you know in the office and he was working at the office that we were at and he comes into our, our little you know two little desk office and he said i was you know he was like, i was talking to someone this is a while back he said i was talking to someone on tinder and i told her what we do and she said well if that's really the case if you don't need any info then then send me something right now and he said how would we do that and i said well we would essentially use the same exact technology as if we were to put in a phone number or an email. I said, but instead of doing that, we would just generate that link that essentially is generated for the recipient and allow them to pretty much paste it anywhere they want. And that person just redeems it the way they would as if they received an SMS. Uh, and he was like, brilliant, I'm gonna code that right now. And so wow. we essentially went to work, started putting it together and, and now we're integrated into the majority of all the um, dating sites <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big it's a very very um uh, popular function in that uh in that in that uh, in, in that area in that arena so so what are what are your metrics like now in terms of users and revenues and and other things you're willing to share yeah so so we've we've been up and running um you know i, I will say that we we are getting ready to file some stuff with the sec so i i'm sort of um, kind of under lock and key with that, but I, I can talk about our growth metrics. So we've, we've grown quite a bit in the past four years uh, that we've been up uh, again, 150 cities. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we had probably about a 1500% growth, uh, which basically I think we have now delivered more than um, I think more than a hundred thousand gestures at this time. So, um, you know, with that, yeah, we're we're on track. We have some pretty um, significant projections for next uh, for next year, uh, which essentially can be anywhere between twenty five and thirty million in revenue for next year. Um, yeah, so you know, with that, um, you know, our, our ultimately growth plan to really see even a you know a four x or a five x growth process by twenty twenty four is um, to really expand into Canada and and uh and uh, mexico and some of the neighboring uh, countries that uh that are around us um here very soon so we, we've actually done some deliveries in canada so um we're starting to test that market and, and really grow there so it's really cool mm -hmm. the the head of open ai just saw a video on um on youtube recently and he's you know the question in front of him was how do you how do you get everyone to use your product how do you how do you sort of create a success overnight and he said um you create a service or you have a product that everyone wants to tell their friends about uh -huh. and it's sort of a very you know it's like sort of a beautiful idea isn't it it just has to be good enough that you want everyone to have it and you're willing to spread the word and it's word of mouth so i i think gesture is um i think we've done about 50 of these podcasts this is to me the most interesting um company we've ever done on, on the accelerator i i really think this is um this has the potential to be a home run uh, and i think there's a degree of difficulty here that you've that you're pulling off in particular it's not like anybody can just wake up and say oh i think i'll do a logistics network across the country and deliver i can be able to deliver things in 30 minutes but um, but the value of that sort of across the board is pretty obvious. So, Ben, let me ask you this. How did you come to this moment in your career? Um, what 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 brought you to gesture? What did you do before gesture? I know you have your if you're watching on YouTube, you know, Ben is uh, wearing his ubiquitous Columbia Business School hat. 
Yeah. So he went to Columbia Business School, um, and some of this happened there. But what what was what sort of your path and your journey to get get this company going? Yeah. So so this is uh, sort of um, well to to answer sort of the, the respond uh, before I answer that question regarding you know the app to tell your friends about. I think it is absolutely indeed the case. We I think we spent a total of about. Fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars in marketing over the past four years, which is nothing for a company, and grown the way that we have, and and that's really what has contributed is people are just excited. Um, so, yeah, you know, absolutely, I agree with that hundred percent. Um, so in regards to where this sort of came uh, from, but prior to my my um, experience, I have sort of a uh, sort of a different path and journey, uh, not your traditional path and journey. Um, so I grew up with a single mom in Denver. And, um, you know, I basically really started learning, uh, ultimately what, um, you know, just sort of this whole hustler culture was about, you know, I saw my mom work three jobs and, you know, and to, to keep a roof over our head. And, and so when I was 12, 13, 14, I was really just kind of you know, taking care of myself, doing what I needed to do and just sort of really just thinking about independence and, you know, how I can make money. And so, you know, that's what really started my entrepreneurial route. And just speaking on a little bit of vulnerability here, you know, I, I um, started going around in uh, Denver and uh, collecting old computers uh, that you know, this is back in 1993, 94. And um, I would basically take them apart, put them back together, clean them up, put a new operating system and turn around and sell them for 100 percent profit. Um, And and I put essentially an ad in the paper and uh, said, you know, um, cheap computers. And and that's essentially what I did uh, to sort of make it through um, some of my early teenage years. But long story short, um, I had you know, a son when I was 16 years old and dropped wow. out of school by the time I was 17, um, went to work for fast food and, uh, you know, I went to work for KFC. And by the time I was 18 years old, I had the opportunity to purchase my own KFC uh, restaurant um, because of a oh, wait, 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 how did that yeah. happen? You had an opportunity. How did, did you have the money? Uh, no. So when I joined KFC, uh, during some of my teenage years, I had um, uh, an individual that um, he was a mentor of mine, and he, he actually owned a couple of KFCs that I was working at. And he said, you know, Ben, you have a really good knack for leadership and management. You know, I, I don't know if, you know, you know that. And at the time, what would I know? 15, 16, I was like, okay. Um, so uh, he said, you know, do you want to become an assistant manager and really start learning stuff? And it was just like, you know, sure, uh, more money. Okay, great. And so um, I, I essentially learned the ropes uh, in terms of what that looked like. And uh, mm-hmm. for my 18th birthday, he said, you know, uh, I will co-sign for you. There's a store for sale if you want it. Um, it's not in the best part of Denver. It has bulletproof glass, you know, tables and chairs are, are chained to the ground. It's in, you know, really bloods and crypts territory, um, you know, and I think if anyone can bring, you know, those people together and, you know, just a really sort of tough culture based on Bloods and Crips working together. I think it's you. Um, and so at that point, I um, went in there, took down the bulletproof uh, windows and, you know, uh, basically uh, got got new tables and chairs and really just had every kind of, everyone working together and turned a profit in about six months. Um, and so, yeah, they were getting ready to close that store. And so I took sort of that, those earnings, and then went out and bought another one. So I had two by the time I was like 19 or 20. Wow, that's um, amazing! Yeah. It's an amazing story. Yeah. And what, what, how, yeah. how long did you do that? 
I did that until I was about 21, about 20, actually about 20, a little, little after my 20th birthday, I got out and sold out. And then, um, you know, I, I just sort of realized that that's not what I wanted to do forever. Um, and not to say that it was anything bad. You know, I still have friends to this day that have made it their career. They've made a ton of money. And they're, they're doing really well. But it's I just knew that there was sort of another track for me. And so I took that and went to school. Um, and you to, uh, did you go to college? Did you go to college? Yeah. So I went back, finished high school and then uh, went to college and basically uh, went for information systems. And believe it or not, this is, I think, Google was not quite out yet. This is like, it's just kind of gives you the, no, the I, I remember those days. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Google was under beta It actually their, their site was beta. And so I, uh, it was really interesting. And so, um, yeah. And then it, it sort of fast forwarding. I, I, um, I then again, just school was like, ah. uh, left that and got into telecommunications, got into it, um, left that, got into finance, went to go work for city. Uh, and, you know, essentially was great at math and great at numbers and, you know, ultimately, um, you know, became a trader and then, um, you know, went mm. to go work in risk for city. And then, um, this is before E-Trade and all those other platforms that were out. Uh, and then, yeah, I sort of got into, um, higher education and I became a, you know, higher education exec and, um, and where then was I, that? Where, where was that? Yeah, so that was uh, for a college out here in um, in Denver. It was uh, for a, a big parent company called Alta Colleges. I uh, became sort of a director of, of admissions and, and a director of sales. And then I left Denver, moved to New York, and that's really where I would probably say my life pivoted. I, I took one suitcase, no family, no friends, and just went to New York. And Why, uh, Why did you leave? You're, you're in Denver your whole life. You've had, had success there. You're yeah, I was, I was 30 years old. Yeah, I was, I was about 30 years old at the time. And uh, I just, I had always visited New York once a year for the past like six, seven years. And I just, you know, I just knew that it, it's one of those things where like you could fill in your heart. Uh, that is just like, man, I was born is... in New York, Ben. I grew up in New York. So you're, yeah. you're speaking my language. Yeah. And I just, I just knew I'm like, I, I belong here. This is, this is my speed. This is my style. And so I essentially moved one suitcase, nowhere to stay. Um, there's a whole background and story to that as well, but is it, it was really it was really cool. It taught me a lot. But um, and that's I, I took a higher education uh, exec job um uh, for a big parent company out there and and did that for a couple of years while I went to to B school, um simultaneously. And then I sort of started just getting the itch in terms of getting back into tech, and you know uh, back in 2000. 1415, I, I essentially left, resigned cold turkey, and I took a huge step back and went to go work at some of the big tech companies like Facebook and, and Yelp, um, where like it wasn't really about the money. It was just really about learning. And that's basically what I essentially did. And um, in the it was funny because the people I spent uh, about a year and a half at Yelp doing various roles, uh, sales, um, engineering and you know sales uh, positions and stuff. And so uh I remember I, I talked to some of my friends now that I made there and they said, I remember, you know, you wouldn't go to lunch with us. You wouldn't eat with us. You were just sitting in the corner, you know, um, plugging away at your laptop. I, you know, I don't know if you were coding. I don't know you know, if you were putting together a business plan. Here you are, you know, running gesture now, man. And I'm using gesture, you know, and I'm just like, 
and they said that's just I, I i remember those days man and we used to always think that you were just like this weird person because you were just out there in, or in the on the cafeteria by yourself you know just sitting there and i'm like i just was i, I was there to learn you know in terms of just understand yeah. what big tech was about so what, what's, uh, yeah, what's, so what's so interesting interesting about that is that at 16 um your kfc manager sees your management manager potential put you in charge of everybody's got to be older than you pretty much right mm-hmm. um and then you end up you're at yelp and everybody say oh that guy he's kind of a loner <laughs> he's not like uh you won't even go out to lunch with us so so but you had it in your mind what at that point were you were you designing gesture at that point were you coding gesture yeah so i was actually coding another startup in which i was able to sort of um I had a soft exit with that startup. It was sort of a LinkedIn for high school students. Um, oh. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, high school uh, <laughs> students are really sort of hard to keep engaged. And so I learned some big lessons with that startup. And the technology was essentially acquired and, and put to use somewhere else, which was cool. But, you know, ultimately, um, nothing to write home about or anything like that. I don't really claim that as sort of like oh, this is a huge success opportunity. But, you know, it taught me a lot. There was a lot of cool lessons. And, you know, really cool things that essentially had happened there. But, you know, ultimately, um, yeah, it, it wasn't until uh, I was, you know, in the process of, of really um, building that that company. And, and there was a, an app developer at the time that said, hey, you know, uh, can you help me uh, really put together this plan to build another a, a dating app? And I'm like, oh, great, another dating app. And I was like, okay. So I, I started working with him sort of on the side. And, you know, from there, he... Um, I remember he said, uh, and I said, well, you need something tangible. Uh, if, if I, if I match with somebody, you know, let's, you know, I should be able to send them something that basically says, Hey, like, you know, I, I don't need to know where they live. I don't need to know anything about them. It's all done in the app. I said, but sort of a way on just saying, Hey, like, I'm really interested in you and I, I can't send flowers to 50 people, but I can send flowers to the top two. And it just really shows. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then, you know, he essentially decided that he didn't want to do that anymore. And he wanted to build an app for a uh, dating app for people with autism uh, and focus around wow. that. Yeah. And I was like, that, that's amazing. I said, you know, go for it. And he said, well, this is your IP, um, you know, take it and do something with it. And I sort of shelved it and I was like, well, what to do? And then one day I, I wanted to send a bottle of wine to a friend of mine. She, she uh, was in real estate at the time and she just, he was having a bad day, he lost a big deal. And, you know, and I said, well, I tried to get online and I was like looking Postmates and all these different places. And I was like, gosh, this is going to cost me 90 bucks. This is like $30 yeah. bottle of wine, you know? And I'm like, and it can't be delivered until tomorrow. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is just yeah. such a broken process. And um, I said, well, what if I just take what I was essentially working on and, you know, start building that and here we are. So that's really where that yeah. kind of came from. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story, um, and I, it also prompts me to ask you, um, where where do you think this journey takes you? I mean, I, I like if you now that I know your story um, and know it, so many different pieces to it. And uh, how, how old are you, Ben? I'm forty three. Forty three. So you I, know, know I, look, I know I look twenty five, but that's uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because you're 25 years younger than me, you look like a young guy to me. So, so you still have a lot ahead of you. Um, What, what, um, what does the journey look like to you? Like, where does it take you? Where, where could it end? 
or hopefully it won't end. But where could it? Where? Where? What's the? What's the um, arrival look like when you find? Yeah, so I think entrepreneurship is is a lot like, um, you know, in, in in a way you say like fashion or building a tech product. It, it's never finished. Um, you know, if, yeah. if it's in your blood and it's in your sort of DNA, um, you're you're always sort of looking for um, problems to solve to a certain degree, but. So I think in, in sort of a twofold answer, I, there was a friend of mine at one time a couple of years ago. Um, she she said, "Hey, I'd love to introduce you to some you know my my friends and family." And I said, "Sure." And uh, and I said, that "She said I, I told them about you, and um, and I told them that you were an inventor." And I'm like, "Why would you say that?" I'm like, "I'm not really an inventor." But then, you know, she was like, "Well, sure you are. <laughs> like you're you invent things." And I'm like, "Gosh, I guess that's." You know, when I think of inventor, I think of the guy on the Gremlins, the dad, you know, when he was yeah. inventing like the switch, the switch blade and like those sort of like the, and, I, and so and I was like, well, I, I guess that's, that's really what? the case that you, yeah. you are an inventor. And so you're, you're just constantly looking to invent things and, you know, essentially put things into, um, into operationalized um, processes and whatnot. But where I think this is going is I, I definitely know gesture is, is headed for, you know, this, we're, we're not, we're sort of an established company. We're growing up. And, and I think in terms of exit, you know, it's, we're looking at some, you know, an IPO right now and some other things essentially that, you know, um, there's some, some strong possibilities around the table, but even then that doesn't mean that, Oh, it's over. Um, it just means that, you know, we're slated yeah. for even more growth, but ultimately, you know, I think overall long-term I, I really enjoy helping people. Um, I, I use my Saturdays to help other entrepreneurs, uh, other business owners, um, you know, and I, I teach sometimes on Saturdays. I get on Zoom calls and, you know, those sort of things and answer questions. I'll spend three, four hours looking at people's decks, um, yep. you know, and just, you know, making sure and giving them feedback and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, I think it's just long term overall is, is just uh, I'd really love to do investing on my own. Uh, and helping people just really kick yeah. off their own goals. You, know, you sound like uh, an angel of EC in the making as well. Um, yeah. Again, um, when you spoke about um, inventing, you, you struck a chord with me personally. Um, not that I'm an inventor because I'm not, but uh, my great-grandfather was one of the greatest inventors the United States has ever seen. He had over, he died with over 500 patents. His name was wow. Thomas E. Murray. He was a contemporary of Edison. He founded Brooklyn Edison with, with, with Edison, with Thomas wow. Edison. <laughs> so wow. I'd always hoped, oh, gee, I wish I had inherited some of that. But no, nope, right. nope, I'm more, more the writer. But, um, but I think you are an inventor. And, and you know, um, kudos and congratulations on everything you've accomplished um, I think it's a fantastic company and, you know, this sort of proves to me finally, and we're kind of out of time. I, we could go on about this, but this sort of proves to me how things are about execution. I mean, this is an execution company executing something that's really difficult to execute. So good for you. I hope all your dreams come true. The story you just told me is amazing. And um, uh, I want to wish you, uh, you and Jester, all, all, all the best and all the luck in the world. So thanks for being on the show, Ben.
thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for allowing me to, uh, to share uh, my, my journey and stories. So Absolutely. Uh, I'm Michael Conniff. This is The Accelerator. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael Conniff. If people are still using Twitter, I, I think they are. Uh, or go to michaelconniff.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F.com, my website. You'll also find all kinds of writing, different podcasts on there. So um, please check it out. Uh, and just remember this, we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.